Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you in God's house today. I want to start off the message today um, with a very serious topic, and I just want to come to you humbly, and I'm talking to the audience at home as well. But we are the champions, my friends. (laughs) We'll keep on fighting till the end. So... We've only been able to do this one other time as a member of the Tampa Bay area. I just want to celebrate. We're the champions. The Buccaneers have done it. But I know there's a lot that are celebrating this morning. But as a church family, we celebrate when those are celebrating. And we mourn with those that are mourning. Barbara family, we just want you to know we love you. We're grieving with you, and it's going to be okay. You won last year. It was our turn. Um, But anyway, we're so glad that you're here today. I want to encourage you to follow along with your notes. As we move into this series, I just want to start off a portion of the book of Matthew where we see Jesus in a moment where he is getting verbally assaulted by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Sadducees were doing their best to make Jesus look stupid, and it completely backfired on them. The Pharisees were living with this holier-than-thou attitude because they felt that they were righteous because they followed the law. The 613 laws in the Old Testament and the thousands of laws that they had added that were sub-laws, and they were in an argument about what was the most important law that there was kind of like a football team, when we're talking about what's our favorite team, when we get into an argument. Here they were as Pharisees and Sadducees, and they thought they could set a trap for Jesus in asking him so that he could be alienated because of what was his favorite law. And this is where we pick up in Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 35. It says, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus gave an answer that no one could argue with. It was clear what his mission was, and it was clear how he was discipling the people around them. In this series, we're going to be talking about who we are as a church. We've seen a lot of new people come, and we've seen a lot of people that have been here for a while. And it's important that we know the heart of the church, why we do what we do, what the priorities are, because there's a strategy behind everything that we do, and it's to reach people for Jesus Christ. We're going to do everything that we can to make the most inviting atmosphere, to make an atmosphere where people feel loved and welcomed in this place so that they can hear the gospel message and receive the good news of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to see the Tampa Bay area become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. So we're not gathering as a Christian club. We're not gathering as just a place where we socialize. We are gathering with a purpose that is absolutely clear so that people will know that we love God with all of our heart, 
all of our soul and all of our mind. And we love people hard. We love people dearly. We love people with everything in us so that they feel it, they know it, and they can feel the heart of God in the mission of this church. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about how we as a church love the vulnerable, the ones that are down and out, the ones that feel like the outcast, the ones that feel left out. We wanna show you the strategy that we have to love those people and for them to feel a priority. We're also gonna share one of the weeks about living out the Great Commission. How are we preaching the gospel? What is the reason we preach the way that we preach? Why do I dress, now today I'm dressed a little different because we're advertising countryside apparel and I'm one of the models. So I got a call from one of our team members this week and they said, oh, this is how we want you to dress. Wear a hoodie with a denim jacket and let Elaine fluff it in the back so it looks a certain way with black jeans. I'm like, hey, I'm cool. Don't you trust me? They're like, we trust you, pastor, in the Lord, but we're telling you how to dress on Sunday. But the way I normally dress, I normally dress, and it's for a specific reason. I dress like a mullet. For those in the 80s, you know a mullet? It's kind of like business in the front and a party in the back. So when you see me dressed with a sports coat, I want to be a reflection to those that may be in a professional business environment where they feel like this is a place for them. Why do I wear sneakers? Because you could come to Countryside dressed however you want. That's appropriate. That's appropriate. We're not looking for stuff hanging out anywhere, all right? So it's gotta be, a, it's appropriate, but there's people that dress in shorts, there's people that wear jeans. Look, we got shorts over here. Come on, McKinley, dress up a little bit, will you? But I'm teasing. But we want people to come in here no matter how they look and know that there's a place for them. Another one of the weeks is we're going to tell you why do we focus so much on the next generation? Why has, in the whole history of Countryside, why has our youth ministry been such a priority? We're going to talk about that, and you're going to absolutely understand it and embrace it and understand why we do these things. Today, we're gonna take the command of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and loving people as we talk about the importance of loving people without partiality. To love one another in community. To love God with a passionate heart of worship. Are you ready to receive today? Let's just open our Bibles. Let's just hold our phones, whatever you have, your notes. But let's pray over God's word today. Father, open our hearts. We want to become more like you. So I pray your anointing upon this word today. This is the heart that you share with us. And this is the heart that we want to reflect to our community. So we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I do want to welcome all those that are watching online. First service, we had somebody watching from Pakistan. So there are people literally watching all around the world on all our different platforms. You're a huge part of our family. We celebrate with you today, and we want you to know that we love you, and we're glad you're here. So let's welcome those guests. So as you notice, immediately when you pull on the parking lot at Countryside, we have a strategy immediately in place. We want people to be greeted as they pull onto this parking lot with a smile, with maybe a wave, with someone that's gonna pick them up in a golf cart on a rainy day. 
For those that maybe have a limp or you can't have a medical problem, we want to drive people up. How many appreciate our golf cart drivers and all that they do? That is the first touch that we have at our church. And people, the studies have shown that people have already made a determination in their heart whether they like the church or not within the first 10 minutes in how they're treated, what the environment is, what the atmosphere is, how people are treating them. There's places you walk into and you could just tell everybody's just so focused on each other and the internal relationships that we forget about all the people that are coming in. And a church like this, we're always gonna have dozens of visitors every single week. There's people that are on the outside looking in that are looking for a place in an environment where they can feel like they belong and that they can grow and that they can become disciples. So it's important that people that walk on these grounds and walk through these doors, we want them to know three things. We want them to know that they matter. We live in a world where people constantly are belittled and uh, divided with the nation that we are in right now. We want everyone, no matter what they look like, no matter what their background is, no matter what their political stances are, they matter. Second thing is we want them to know and you to know that you belong here at Countryside. Yet we're a large church, and it's easy to come and go and get lost. But even though it's a large church, and there's things that are happening in every direction, you individually belong, and we have a place for you. And that's the third thing. There's a place for you at Countryside. No matter if you're young, if you're newly saved, or whether you're older, or you're a senior like myself, I'm trying to embrace that. It's really hard for me to embrace that. A senior like myself, we have people that are new Christians. We have people that have been saved for 60 years. But every one of those, of that type of person and everyone in between, there's a place for you at Countryside. We want people to know that they are welcomed here. Look back in your life. Remember when you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Maybe you felt lost. Maybe you felt betrayed. Maybe you felt like an outcast. For me, I was an introverted kid that didn't have friends from the time I was in eighth grade to 11th grade. I was shy, I was awkward. But when I surrendered to God, he made me feel so loved. He made me feel so welcomed into his family. That's the same heart we wanna have for people that come through these doors. They're family. We have a heart for them, and we have a deep love and affection to see them plug in and to become a part of who we are. So this is the heart of Countryside. We got three points today. In your notes, number one, we welcome people home because Christ has welcomed us. We don't do this because I'm telling you to do this. We do it because Christ set the example of what it truly means to be welcomed home, welcomed into a family. We don't do this because we have shirts that says love God, love people. We do it because that's who we are as believers and as fully devoted followers of Christ. We wanna become more like him. Romans chapter 15, verse seven, it says, welcome one another as Christ welcomed you for the glory of God. So whatever your mood is that Sunday morning or that Wednesday night, Determine in your heart, I'm gonna put a smile on my face and I'm gonna make people feel loved and welcomed. Have you ever been in a place where you felt unwanted or felt like you didn't belong or felt like you were on the outside looking in? We so 
desperately want to provide an atmosphere where people don't feel these things, that they are going to come in and there's going to be a place where they can plug in. You see, when we say welcome home, this church is our home. We're the family of God. We're the bride of Christ. This is our spiritual home. And we're going to make it as welcoming, inviting, and homey as we possibly can. So think about that. As you're telling people about your church, really what you're inviting them to is you're inviting them to your spiritual home. With your brothers, with your sisters, you're inviting them to share and be a part of the family. We're loving people with real love, with the real heart of God. But you see, the Bible's clear on hospitality. And sometimes we forget, well, I'm just not, that's not my gift is hospitality. But in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, we're challenged in the area of hospitality. It says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. There are angels unaware around us. Let me tell you, during COVID, when we reopened, and I thought there would be nobody here when we first started back, I didn't know half the people that were coming to our church. And I'm like, Lord, if these are half of these people are angels, thank you, Jesus, for the angels that are filling these seats. Because it's so a, a lot easier to preach to people that are in their seats. But that's great about the angels. But God's heart is for people. Our heart is for people. No matter where they are in life, let our doors always be open to the lost, to the hurting, to the needy, to the sinners just like you and me, to the poor, to the affluent, to the skeptic, to the atheist. No matter who walks through these doors, we're not going to look at them and say, oh, they don't look like us. Mm, no, not, not today. People that walk through these doors, and it's so important. Why am I at the front greeting? It's because I want to set the example, and I love, that's my favorite part of what I do. I love to know the people in this church. You're my brothers and my sisters. You see it? I've proven over the years how important you are to me. It's not phony. This is how I feel. You're my family, and I'm excited to greet you week in and week out to let you know you are loved. I want to tell you about a man. His name is Benjamin Banneker. This is a man that was educated, very, very successful. He was the original guy that surveyed Washington, D.C. and the perimeters of that area. He was an astron astronomer who published an almanac, and he admired Thomas Jefferson greatly. The reason he admired him, because Thomas Jefferson wrote that all men are created equal, but he saw hypocrisy in Thomas Jefferson because Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. Benjamin Banneker was a scientist. He was a devout Christian, a follower of Christ. He was a black man and a son of a freed slave. Benjamin Banneker wrote to Thomas Jefferson in 1791, and he scolded him with these words. He said, however variable we may be in society or religion, However diversified in situation or color, we all stand of the same family. 
We are all of the same family, and we stand in the same relation with him. What a great man Benjamin Banneker was. And Thomas Jefferson, he lauded and just was praised his writings because Benjamin Banneker made a difference in this world about the importance of equality in Christ. None of us are better than the other person, just know that. We never look and say, oh, well, they, they have so many problems. <laughs> if you don't have problems, just get ready, because you will, because we live in a broken world with a bunch of sick problems that are around us. So no matter where people are, we always want to have a heart of compassion and love. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 says, in Christ there is neither Jew or Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. We stand before Christ the same. And when people walk in these doors, we want them to know that no matter what your background is, no matter what your race is, no matter what your ethnic background is, you matter equally and you're an enormous part of the family of Countryside Christian Church. We want them to know that. We want them to feel that. What I love so much about our church, as I look around, we have great diversity in this church. This is what heaven's gonna be like. I wanna have a church that looks like heaven, with everyone from everywhere in the world knowing that we're worshiping the same God and we're lifting our hearts and our voices together. The Spanish ministry is happening right now. There's close to 100 in Countryside's Espanol happening right now. If you know someone that speaks Spanish and they're looking for a fellowship, invite them to be part of the family. I would love to see a Brazilian fellowship. I would love to see all these different fellowships representing our church because we're representing Christ to this community. Our church should be a fingerprint of what our community looks like. And when we begin to look a certain way that's different than our community, then we're doing something wrong. But the way I see it right now, people walking in these doors, feeling love no matter where they come from, and knowing that they matter, we're doing something right. You're doing something right, church. Thank you for your hospitality and your warmness that you give to people. In your notes, the more we love Jesus, the more we will love those who are different from ourselves. We can't be a community that just loves people that look just like us. So when you look at people, don't just see tattoos. There's people that get judged because they may have a tattoo or an earring. My goodness. If you have two tattoos, you're welcome at Countryside. In fact, when I see tattoos from head to toe, you know what I do? I run to those people. I, I pick them up and shake them. I'm like, you are loved in this place. You see, we can't look at people's shade of their skin. We can't look at people's expensive clothes and not see what Jesus sees. See, Jesus sees everyone that walks through these doors as a lost son or daughter. And our job is to tell them the good news so that they can be part of a family that truly loves God with all their heart, soul, and mind. Number two, the second way that we welcome people is we live together in groups. We live together in groups. We have biblical ways to help you find meaningful relationships. We have groups coming in every direction. I know this is a, a tough time with COVID and people are spread out, which I love everyone's spread out. But we have people that are online doing different things. But we're the church. The church in Greek 
comes from the word ecclesia. We are called out ones. It's not about me. It's about we. It's about us. We're the family. And we're meant to do more than just say hello on a Sunday morning. You see, in the Bible, it talks about clearly how they went deeper into relationships with one another than just a superficial hi or bye. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You know, you have colleagues at work. There's some that you're just kind of working with, and there's others you are doing life together. I would invite you to let's do life together as a church family. Let's invest ourselves into relationships that are meaningful because let me tell you, the world's going to let us down. My heart is to see a church that really has Christ-centered relationships and that we're growing together in our love for the Lord and our love for one another. And that's why we have a cafe. That's why we give away free coffee. That's why we sell these big old apple fritters that are bigger than my head. It's to have an inviting atmosphere where people can come together, break bread together, and just get to talk and share their experiences in life with one another. As Christians, that's what we do. We celebrate together. We mourn with one another. This weekend, I did two funerals. One of them was an absolute tragedy. It was so hard. But what an honor to be able to pour into the lives of the church when they're at their most desperate times and they are seeking love and they're seeking someone just to, to love them and to mourn with them. It's an opportunity to show the real love of God. In our homes, maybe it's Starbucks, maybe it's in the park. We have exercise group that meets all over the place. My wife is exercising. Every other day she's exercising in this group. There's opportunities everywhere. We have a men's, women's group that is absolutely incredible. Pastor Kelly, stand up. You'll show honor to our women's pastor. We are so blessed to have Pastor Kelly Hicks. Wednesday night, now you've heard, we are launching the there's someone, for, there's something for everyone on Wednesday night. Countryside midweek. We're open in the cafe. We're not looking for more work to do, but we're looking for more ways to find relationship and community with one another. There's 56 small groups. There's some of you like, oh, there he goes again, the small groups. <sighs> you find community in small groups. You find real loving relationships in small groups. Um, some of you are looking for serving opportunities. I never really plugged into this church until I started serving. When you start serving, you are able to use your gifts, your talents, and you begin to find purpose in how God uses you in those areas. Mission groups, you'll find in the lobby, we've been talking about sewing for Haiti with blankets and baby clothes. You can sign up to be a part of that group. They'll train you to do it at home. They're meeting once a month. You can donate clothes, you can donate thread, Sewing machines, I invite, there's tons of people asking about that. If you want to do that, sign up today in the, in the lobby. We're also collecting diapers right now. Listen, we're all here to make one another better, and we're here to meet the need in our community. Somebody's got to do it. Might as well be us. Thank you. Amen. I'm glad you remember that. See, this is the vision of Countryside, to love people by living together at ground level with one heart doing life together. It's a beautiful thing. But I've saved the best for last today as we're talking about loving God. 
and how we welcome him with, his, with our worship. We worship in so many different ways. We worship with our obedience. We worship God with our services, with, with the things that we have in acts of service towards God. We worship God with our generosity through our giving. But today I'm gonna focus on how we worship God through our praise. There's one word that best describes the vision for the music here at Countryside and our worship, and that's passion. When people walk in, I want them to feel the passionate praise and worship of God's people as we usher in the presence of God. Number three in your notes, we worship with passion because he is worthy. God is so worthy of our praise. He's so worthy of our worship. He created us. He gave us his son to give his life for the remission of our sins. He forgave us so that we might know a life of a true restoration and healing. How worthy is Jesus of our worship? Can you say amen to that? Amen. Revelation chapter 4, starting in verse 9, says, whenever, living brings, whenever the living brings, gives glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before him in the throne and they say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. We praise God because he is worthy of our praise. We don't want worship to become routine. That's why we have a blend of different things and a mixture of different things in the way that we do our worship. We've seen many traditions throughout history and church history. There are churches that worship with an organ, and it's beautiful. That's worship, and that can be very powerful. There are churches that worship only with hymns, and that's per it's powerful, and it's a beautiful worship. There are churches that worship with no instrumentation whatsoever, and it's an acapella worship that just brings in the God's presence, and it's powerful. There are churches that are much softer than our worship. There are churches that are much louder than our worship. I want to assure you of that. Our worship is a contemporary worship because we want our net to be wide. We want to bring people in so that they can go deep and get discipled and get deeper in their relationship with the Lord. That's why we have new believers as well as people that have been here 50, 60 years that are Christians. We want people to go deeper, but we want to cast a wide net, and the best way that we found to do that is to do it with contemporary worship. God's doing something great with this new worship that is being produced every single day. There is worship, but you have to have a heart for that worship because understand what it does, what it does with people that are coming in in today's world and what they're used to, there's a reason. I wanna give you an illustration. Pastor Tommy Barnett, he was a pastor of Phoenix First Assembly, one of my favorite pastors, incredible. He's spoken here a few times. He was the top five church in Arizona and they started going from the hymns to contemporary worship. Their worship was much louder than ours. I want you to know that. And there was a service, he went up to an older lady. She was a 90-year-old lady. And he went up to her and said, well, actually, he was watching her during the service. And she's just bouncing around. She's 
she's praising the Lord. After service, he went up to her and said, you just love this music, don't you? And she said, oh, I hate it. I hate the music. It's too loud. I don't know any of the words. I don't know any of these songs. But you know, pastor, you know what I love? I love what the music is doing to reach this generation for Jesus Christ. You see, it's not about me, Pastor Tommy. It's about what God's doing right now to reach the multitude of people. He, as he was walking away from her, she had earplugs in, and he said, keep those earplugs, honey. Keep those earplugs. I want to let you know, sound is greatest in this building. In a building like this, we try to have a full sound everywhere. The greatest volume is always going to be right in this area because sound is designed for the sound booth. And so the sound booth gets the greatest volume. So the more you want to spread out on the sides, the less the volume is going to be. People here, it's louder than over here. My wife wears earplugs. I tell them to turn it down from time to time. I want to be sensitive to everyone, but I want to have a full contemporary worship set. Do we do hymns? We do. I love to throw in hymns and contemporary hymns. I love for us to know the history of the church and how we stay in contact with the history of the church is through hymns. So if you hear a hymn on a Sunday, How Great Thou Art, Nothing But the Blood, or Modern, you can know, well, Pastor Glenn must have said something this week because I absolutely love that. Worship is expressive. In your notes, God invites us to express our love for him in worship. How many of you know our, our drummer, Emily? A lot of people comment on Emily. Bring out the picture of Emily. Okay. She's amazing. Here's a girl that was so introverted. I've never met anyone as introverted as Emily. She's on our accounting staff. When I talk to her, she's like, yes, yes, pastor. <laughs> but in her heart, she wanted to worship God with every part of her body. She's only been drumming for just a few years. You wouldn't believe that with her talent. She's amazing. But she wanted to give her all in worship, and that's why she learned to play the drums. But you see, we want the attention always to be focused on God during worship. I've been here for 40 years, so we've had some weird things happen at Countryside through the years. I can remember in the middle of worship one time, there was a guy that just started screaming, blow the trumpet, blow the trumpet in Zion. And I, I looked down at pastor, I'm like, is there a trumpet happening today in Zion? He goes, no pastor, you know what to do. I was that guy that would go and say, you know, worship's not about you. It's about holding our attention to God. I can remember a couple years ago, there was a lady that was just walking up in front, back and forth, screaming and nobody in the building worshiped. They're all like, what is going on? Everything in this church will be de done decently and in order. That's the heart of God. And when we begin to see where it gets out of hand as far as people that are causing attention to come to themselves, our attention always wants to be focused on Jesus Christ as we bring honor and glory to him. Can you say amen? So if you feel like doing a bunch of somersaults, put on worship music in your living room and somersault yourself all day long. But if everybody's doing somersaults up here, God's like, he's using all of his protective forces here. 
rather than receiving the worship that God wants us to give him. Does everybody understand that? Can I get an amen? All right, thank you. So, there are a variety of ways people worship, and they're all good. Worship, God's looking at our heart. So there are people that stand for worship. Some people go, do I have to stand the whole time? You don't have to stand the whole time. There are people that sit in worship. God's looking at our heart. There are people that will have the Prince Charles stance. If that's your heart, that's fine. There's other people that are just, they're like this, and it's beautiful. It's reverence to them. There's some people that hop up and down. Let me tell you, the youth group, we have 200 kids, 300 kids on Wednesday night. The entire group is at the altar, jumping up and down, bringing the glory of God in that place. We also see people raising their hands. And I want people to understand that. You do not have to raise your hands to have worship with God. You don't have to do that. My wife was raised in a church where if she raised her hand in worship, they would stop and say, yes, Elaine, you have a question. There's other people in other churches that make you feel like if you don't raise your hand, there's something wrong with you. But that's not it at all. Raising our hands is so biblical. It talks about lifting up holy hands before the Lord. We raise our hands as an expression of surrender. We raise our hands as an expression of receiving. There's an opportunity to just raise our hands to say, God, I love you, I praise you. We see where David talks about it in Psalm chapter 63, starting in verse three. It says, because your love is greater than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name, I will lift up my hands. So, when we raise our hands, it's just an expression of worship. Today, when Pastor Elena said, let's all lift our hands together, what she was doing was bringing us into agreement at the same time of worship and exhortation. I want you to know that the band is not a band that's performing before you. So a lot of people, they say, why are you clapping after a song? What we're doing after a song and we're clapping, we're clapping and we're celebrating Jesus Christ in this place. We're not clapping because they did a good job. They know that it's not about that. They're not... Yeah, are they talented? They're using their gifts for the glory of God, but they are leading us in worship. So when they're singing and they're singing their heart out, people aren't raising their hands to them. It's not a rock concert. This is a worship experience. So when we clap after a song, we're just saying, God, we love you. We're giving you a praise offer and give you praise, glory, and honor. It's not about celebrating the band. We're always celebrating Jesus. Can you say amen to that? So as we close today, there are three ways you can help us welcome others home. In your notes, number one, reach out in kindness to the people around you. Be sensitive. You, you never know what people are walking in here with. The pain. There's people that have lost their jobs. There's people that have lost their marriages. There's people that have lost their children. Friday night, someone had lost their 41-year-old son in a tragic accident. There's people in those situations every week in a church like this. So have a heart for people. Greet those you recognize. I know in this environment, greet them with a wave, a smile. Introduce yourself to people as they're coming in. Invite someone new to sit with you. Now sitting with you, maybe you're over here and they're over in the top over here. That's fine. 
But you could look at them and worship them and say, I'm sitting with you. May people feel like they belong. We're the church. We can't just have pastors that do it. We all have to do that. Can you say amen? Number two, make yourself accessible to others by being in a group. By not being involved, you're robbing the church of you. You belong, you matter, there's a place for you. God needs you in this body to touch someone that only you could touch. What a, what a, imagine that, that there's people that only you can touch in this body by making yourself available. Men and women on, on Wednesday night, 7.37 on Tuesday night with young adults, youth on Wednesday night, there's so many things that are happening for specific ages for you to get involved. Number three, encourage the worship of, of others. Encourage others in worship. I don't know about you, when we're worshiping, sometimes over here, Marilyn just gets excited, Jesus! And then everybody else is just like, ooh, you know, I get a little fired up, Jesus, yeah, Jesus. When we're worshiping together, we usher in the presence of God in this place, and it's contagious. It's where we can't contain it because it's contagious, and we usher in the presence of God. So it may not be to your taste, but remember we're a church that wants to reach the multitude. The young, the old, and everyone in between. The new believer, the old believer, and everyone in between. So we focus on being that light to love people with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and when they come in here, we wanna see them grow to love God with all of their heart. Loving God, loving people, that's what we're all about, countryside. As we close, I wanna let you know this. We've sold out of many of the shirts. We, we ordered like 500 of them, and they're almost all sold out. Let them know the sizes and the style that you would want if they don't have that available. But why we did that was so that it'd be an easy way for you to invite people to church. If someone goes, hey, that's a cool shirt. Love God, love people, that's great. Oh, it's not just a shirt. It's my church. Wow, tell me about your church. You'd be surprised how many people are looking for a fellowship like this to belong to. And God wants to use you to bring that invitation. Amen, church? Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, it's such an honor to be part of a fellowship that truly has a heart after you, to love God and to love people. No matter what people come in here with, I pray, God, that you would bring healing to those that are hurting. Father, you bring victory for those that have struggled. Father, you bring the answer for those that are seeking. And Lord, we would see people come to the full knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Draw the lost in this place to hear the good news. With every head bowed and every eye closed before we dismiss right now, maybe you're here today and you say, man, that's me. I've been on the outside looking in. I want to go further. I want to really enter into a real relationship with Jesus Christ. I wanna feel welcomed by him into the family of God. Maybe you've just gone to church. It's not about church attendance that saves you. It's not because you're good enough. That's not what's gonna save you. None of us are good enough, but God is good enough. And when we say, God, forgive me of my sins, I give you my heart, my life, you're my savior, at that moment, the very presence of God, his essence enters inside of you. His spirit fills you, and he turns our mourning into joy simply by receiving the gift of salvation. If you're here today and you'd like to say, Pastor Glenn, I've been on the outside looking in. I want to experience truly 
the salvation of the Lord. When I count to three, if you'd raise your hand, look at me. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I believe that this is the day of victory for you. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you today. You want, yes, I see your hands are already going up. Yes, yes. Let me come down out of the light so I can see. Just raise it up high if that's you. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. See your hands, yours, yes, yes. I see your hand as well. God bless you. Can we all pray together for the sake of all those that raise their hand today? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. You're so good. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Today, I accept you, Lord, as my Savior, my God, my friend, and my King. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, it's an honor to pastor a church that truly loves God and loves people. I can't wait to see you next Sunday. God bless you. Amen. God is so good, is he not? Would you stand with me now to receive your blessing this morning? If you're watching online, you just turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless your welcoming heart to those around you. May you affect deeply someone unexpectedly as you love them. May the Lord bless your worship to him, the sincere and heartfelt worship that is within you, that it may be received by the Lord as a sweet savor. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love you, family. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We're so glad you spent this time with us this morning. And if you gave your life to Jesus, I am so happy for you. I remember giving my life to Jesus for the first time and my life has never been the same. This is only the beginning of a brand new journey and eternal life that starts right now. We wanna partner with you on this journey. We wanna help you. We wanna pray for you in any way we can. So if you have any prayer requests for us, you can head to countryside.cc slash prayer. But that's all we have for you today and we'll see you next week, Countryside.